Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I'm Ariel from Figures, and today we're going to talk money, we're going to take a look at AR, and we're going to take an even closer look at one of my favorites, marketing videos. But we're going to get started with another favorite of mine. So February is behind us, which means it's time to look at Twitter's mobile revenue. But today I'm going to take a look at a slightly different slice of data, not what I've done before. See, Twitter Blue launched in Japan on January 11th and cost just a little less than what it costs in the US. Like the US though, the price on the App Store is a bit higher than the price of subscribing on the web. I don't know why Apple isn't saying anything about that. I mean, I get it, but still. In any case, the real question is, how many mobile subscribers did Twitter add in Japan? So according to our revenue estimates, Twitter earned just about $150,000 of gross revenue from the App Store in January. And that's gross revenue, meaning what users paid and before Apple took its fees, kind of the opposite of what I usually talk about, which is net. That's not a lot, and I'm being nice here, but that has been the case with Twitter's revenue ever since Blue Launch, so it really isn't a surprise. It's really hard to get people who use the service for free and see the service as free to pay for something they don't necessarily need. Backing out the number of subscribers from a single total is kind of a challenge, but I'm going to try anyway because I'm curious about the scale of adoption. So at a rough cost of $10 per month, we're looking at about 15,000 subscribers in month one. I'm a little bit off here, I'm sure, because of annual subscriptions, but at the same time, this is just the scale of subscribers Twitter is seeing in Japan in month one. It's not nearly as high as its US numbers, which got close to $3 million of gross revenue in December, but this is a good start for Blue in a non-English speaking country. Twitter expanded into more countries in February, something I will look at and also look at the top level numbers in the very near future. So make sure you're subscribed to get that data. Are you team Blue? Let me know in the comments. And if you're into the numbers so far, make sure to give this episode a like. Thanks. Earlier this week, I wrote a keyword teardown for the keyword audiobooks. If you're not familiar, Keyword Teardowns is a series in which I analyze the search results for one keyword at a time, reverse engineering search algorithms, and sharing tips for how you can rank your apps better. Now, the teardown was inspired by so many people I know vowing to read more this year, read more this year, but listening instead, a trend Spotify expected when it got into audiobooks last year. I was curious to see how big of a trend audiobooks are, so I took a look at Audible's App Store revenue. Audible is the biggest name in audiobooks, so if there is a trend, we'd see it there, obviously. I've looked at Audible a few times for this week in apps, and the trend was always positive, so I expected growth, right? But the numbers are higher than I even expected. Is listening the future of books? Looking at Audible's App Store revenue and its growth, the answer is absolutely. Audible's App Store revenue grew 19% between January and December of 2022. In more absolute terms, net revenue, which is what Audible, aka Amazon, gets to keep after Apple's fees, grew from $15 million to $18 million, according to our estimates, which is wild, right? But then 2023 happened. I noticed Audible slowly climbing the top grossing chart in the US steadily in January, and the revenue agreed with those ranks. Our estimates show Audible's net revenue from the App Store jumping in January to more than $25 million. To put that in context, we're looking at 65% revenue growth year over year. For books, this trend opens up new opportunities in the space. The obvious one is competition. Spotify has already jumped into the race and others will join as well. And competition will bring variety. 
Spotify's pay model where books are not included in your Spotify subscription isn't too attractive. That's bound to change as Spotify realizes it can't compete with Audible. And while that is happening, Audible is testing ads within audiobooks, which means we might see a free or free-ish tier coming in the future. Are you a reader or a listener? Which do you think I am? Drop a comment and let me know. Moving on, Google Photos is one app I rarely come across when looking for exciting apps or trends. I'm not entirely sure why, but it just hasn't come up. Until 2023, that is. Google Photos started 2022 with $6 million of net revenue in January in the App Store, according to our estimates. And that's net, meaning what Google gets to keep after giving Apple its share. By August, net revenue from the App Store grew to $6.4 million. And by December, the total ballooned to more than $7.5 million, a 29% increase in 2022. That's some serious growth for a feature that's built into every iPhone. And I know before you fight me over the features are different, not really overall, they're kind of exactly the same. If there is a feature I don't know about, drop me a comment and tell me about it, but I don't think there is. But don't go just yet. In January of 2023, net revenue from the App Store jumped a whopping 17% from the already high figure of December to $19 million according to our estimates. I did not expect to see such high numbers for an app like Google Photos on an iPhone, primarily because it's a feature that's already available, but also because Google is Apple's opposite when it comes to data privacy, something I expect iPhone users to keep in mind. Google must be doing something right. And next, a few insights readers who make apps might find useful. Have you heard anything interesting about AR recently? See, I have it. Just a few short years ago, however, augmented reality was all the rage. Apple announced AR in the summer of 2017 as part of iOS 11 to much fanfare. If you were there, you probably remember how exciting AR seemed. Five years later, is that excitement still going? I was curious to see how many apps actually use AR, so I looked at apps using native and non-native solutions for AR. Can you guess how many apps use those right now? Pause and think about it. 23,426 iOS and Android apps use ARKit, which is Apple's option, ARCore, Google's option, or Vuforia, a non-native SDK for AR used on both platforms. That's a little bit more than I expected, but it's only about 0.4% of all the apps available on the App Store and Google Play right now. So AR hasn't taken over apps yet, at least while the tiny percentage is direct result of most apps and games not needing AR. The small number of new apps being released using any of those is also really small and somewhat stagnant. Maybe AR just isn't meant for our phones. With Apple's AR glasses expected to come out soon, AR will play a much larger role in apps, so I expect to see and hear more about it in the future, but until those glasses come out, I don't think AR is taking over. And last for this week, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video should be worth at least a thousand pictures or a million words, depending on your frames per second, of course. When it comes to making your app more attractive, a video is a great way to show off value quickly and get the downloads. Videos, however, aren't nearly as easy to produce, which really makes me ask, do app makers actually use them? I used Explore to quickly find all the apps and games that have a marketing video, and the numbers surprised me a little. To get an idea of how popular videos are, I looked at the number of apps that have a video right now, broken down by store, category, and popularity. 432,000 apps and games have a marketing video right now, 
I watched a few, and it's really interesting to see how different companies present their apps. You should do that too, at least for your competitors. Most of those videos, 362,000 actually, belong to apps and games on Google Play, which makes sense. They're just more apps on Google Play. Also, Apple is known for being a lot more strict about preview videos, making them more of a challenge to produce so they market the app well, because on its own, app UI, which is what Apple wants you to use, just isn't enough, so you have to get clever, and I looked at a bunch of those in app teardowns. Now, this is a pretty impressive number of videos, more than I expected to see, almost a half a million, but when we put these figures in the context of the entire store, things change. 4% of apps in the App Store and 10% of apps on Google Play have a video. And even though I said apps, I meant apps and games. That's not a ton, even on Google Play, where it's easier. Another way to look at the popularity of videos is by category. And finally, games are at the top of the pile on the App Store and on Google Play. Games accounted for 38% of the combined total. Drilling in by store, 45% of all apps in the App Store that have a video were games while on Google Play. That number is a tad lower at 36%. Education came in at a distant second, followed by utilities, business, and music. Based on these numbers, I'd say that if you have a game, a video is most likely expected at this point. That's not as true for apps, so if you're making an app and want to stand out, you should consider it, but it's not an absolute must. And lastly, an obvious question, are videos reserved for the most popular apps because they have bigger budgets and they can go through and produce them? I used total ratings as a gauge for the popularity of an app and summed up all the apps and games with a video into groups. Looking at the distribution, it's very obvious. The answer is absolutely not. Apps across the board have videos. Apps with fewer than 1,000 ratings, which is most apps, accounted for 75% of the total. On the other end of the extreme were apps with more than a million ratings, and those accounted for less than half of a percent. If you're thinking videos are only for popular apps, that's no longer a good excuse. Now, should you experiment with a video for your app? Probably. For a game? Absolutely. What's your experience with videos? Drop me a comment and let me know. And that's all I have for you this week. If you've learned something new, please give the episode a like and consider subscribing to the channel. I'll see you in a new episode next week.